Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in the greatest city in the world. That's Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my name is Kyle Heggie. And I'm your co-host, co-creator Benjamin Ringel, and today we're going to take a little trip around the world what? to some mango farm. All right, have you ever wondered what you're going to do with all your leftover uneaten mangoes from the mango tree in your backyard? Kyle, I wonder that all the time. <laughs> well, if you have wondered that, you're probably not listening to Milwaukee. <laughs> probably, maybe you are. Which is definitely okay. But for our Milwaukeeans who are interested in how a local college student is looking to create economic opportunities for women across the globe, keep listening. And if you do need to figure out what to do with your mangoes or any fruit that you have growing, we also have answers for you. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee resident, CEO, and creator of the Blue Mangoes Corporation, Josh Scheffner, actually sat down to speak with us about how he's hoping to bring delicious dried fruit grown in backyards around the world to your homes. He also offers some valuable resources for entrepreneurs generally, so if you're not interested in dried fruit at the moment, keep listening to Josh because he has some valuable insight to share. Exactly. And so before we start this interview, we have been getting a lot of feedback on one particular question. I know, my phone is ringing constantly. 24-7. And I'm glad that we can finally give everyone an answer today. People left and right have been contacting us asking, they say, Kyle, I have all this money, but I don't know where to spend it. Okay? Yep. Well, Bridges City has a perfect solution. You can spend all this extra money by supporting the podcast on our Patreon account at patreon.com slash City. You can also find that link at our website, bridgecitypodcast.com. Yeah, so monthly support starts at as little as $4.14 per month. You know, 414 Milwaukee, of course. That is the price of a coffee, everyone. And you know you're going to Starbucks, hopefully not, but some other local coffee shop, not a big corporation maybe. And you're spending $4 a month, probably more than that. Think of it. All the information about local events, elections, companies comes right to you, to your earbuds. And now you can make sure that that continues to come to you with the price of just one coffee per month. And for those wondering, me and Ben still will make zero dollars from this podcast. Yes. All the money goes back to reinvesting and promoting the podcast so more people can listen and more people can effectuate positive change here in our city. So also this episode, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to make you quite hungry. You're going to want some dehydrated fruit. And you're also going to want to support this great company that's helping empower women across the globe. And we're excited to say that Blue Mangos has just launched their first ever Kickstarter. And you can support them with a donation. And these donations can net you a variety of dehydrated fruit. You can give money and you'll actually get the first ever batch of Blue Mangos fruit. You can also get some inside video blogs, t-shirts. You can even get a trip to Jamaica or Uganda. Yep. So if you just go to kickstarter.com and search Blue Mangoes. You can donate to their campaign and get some great fruit and other items. And we'll have the link to all that stuff as well um, for you accessible. But with that, let's uh, hear from Josh Schefter now, who is the founder and CEO of Blue Mangoes. My name is Josh. I'm the founder of Blue Mangoes and I'm a senior studying civil engineering in Milwaukee. And Blue Mangoes, uh, what we do is we design machines that work without electricity. All over the world, we focus in Sub-Saharan Africa, Central America, and the Caribbean. And we work with women to transform the natural abundance of fruit waste into a product that can be brought back here and sold. Can you dig in a little more to the origin story of Blue Mangoes? I'm assuming you didn't just wake up one day and were like, (laughs) yo, I bet other people in other countries might want to reduce their waste and turn it into a product they can sell. So what was some formative experiences you had that 
kind of put you on this mission? Through my freshman year of college, I was on a project where we went to Jamaica. And during that time, we were working on a project to transform mangoes uh, and the waste that they already had into a beer that could be brought back to Milwaukee. So that was a very complicated process. And by the end of it, we realized that wasn't the end goal. Um, so we realized that the, the real thing here was to just turn it into dried mangoes. So my school had no interest past just designing the machine, so we started our own business. And I think it's funny that like all great stories in Milwaukee have to start with, like, you. I was trying to make beer, yeah. it didn't work out, <laughs> and it led me to something else. So what part of that process pointed you to like dried fruit? Yeah, so the nonprofit had already tried jamming mangoes, had mm. already tried freeze-drying them, but they'd never tried just normal passive solar, which works without any electricity. So the idea was that this was a very low-cost way to preserve the fruit that they weren't getting uh, any value for already. So when you say they weren't getting any value, this is just like there's a mango farm. They're producing these mangoes and they're selling them. Are they, are they exporting you know, the mangoes themselves? Are they selling them locally? And then why does it end up being that they're producing more than they can sell? So there are mango farmers out there and we work with a few, but for the most part we work with people who just have 10 to 15 trees on their land and they have no idea what to do with it. So each tree can produce between one to 3,000 mangoes and the majority of that happens in a two-month span. So it's pretty hard to consume all those mangoes, let alone sell it. Uh, so we're working now, one of the countries is Uganda, and they sell one mango for as low as half of a penny. And that's in when- Uganda. In Uganda. Okay. And so that's when they manage to sell it. And 90% of the fruit that they bring to market, they end up dumping at the market and then walking back home without it because it's an easier walk. So the market's- 90%? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the market's incredibly saturated where it is. And there's just no access to preservation technology there. So you mentioned a machine that actually what, like dehydrates or yep. the fruit. What is what is that machine? Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> give us the blueprint. Uh, oh, I yeah. don't want to reveal any like intellectual property. Oh no no right? no. no. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about what that machine looks like. You mentioned it can run without yep. uh, electricity or mm -hmm. yeah okay. So so it's called a passive solar fruit dehydrator. It's a fancy name for a box that dries fruit without electricity. Um, there's no intellectual property around it. There probably could be based on some improvements we've made, but the idea that we've gone with is going open source yeah. with the design and trying to get as many people as possible to adopt it. We don't care if somebody steals it or another nonprofit starts to do it. The more people who are drying their fruits, the better, because that's more product for us to sell. And that's where the real benefit comes in. So the machine, it works by taking the heat of the sun on a metal panel that's inclined upward kind of like a chimney. So it heats up the air inside of this tube and hot air rises into a box. And inside of that box, there are trays of fruit stacked on top of each other that are already sliced. And so the hot air passes through those fruits and then out of the actual chimney. And that process of moving hot air through the box removes the moisture from the fruit. Can you expand on the scope of what countries are you operating in? Uh, so originally, you know, we had this pilot in Jamaica and we figured out everything that went wrong. And then fast forward to February of 2018, that was a two year span there where we worked out the model and the technology and how exactly we approach communities. We went to Panama and we did the whole thing again. Um, a different partnership model, a different introduction to the community. The nonprofit that we were partnered with kind of backed out uh, pretty quickly after that. So we reshaped what we did, but moving forward, now we're working in Uganda, 
Kenya, Liberia, Haiti, and Jamaica once again. And so in all of these communities, we're working with over 500 women, um, impacting about 3,000 farmers who can't sell their waste. How do you get connected with like uh, farmers in <laughs> yeah. this country? I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to envision. I was just in Colombia helping out a local... Uh, cheesemaker there, and um, I wouldn't have been able, I would have no idea that they existed and been able to connect with them if it wasn't through Marquette and going there on like a, you know, established business program. Yeah, yeah, so since Jamaica, everything we've done has been connections that we've made, and a lot of times there's someone from the U.S. who has an initial connection to a nonprofit there or mm-hmm. a community that they visited once upon a time. Uh, but since then, we now have four employees in East Africa, and we have NGO partners that help connect us directly to cooperatives, or we establish them ourselves. We were talking earlier about the approach to going to other communities, particularly in some areas of the world that have high rates of poverty. And how do you like approach <laughs> the relationships with these communities in an authentic way? Obviously, there's been a history of exploitation, <laughs> yeah. particularly from companies in America or, or uh, NGOs going in exploiting, taking resources, and the communities are left still under-resourced and kind of arguably in a worse spot they were before. So how do, how does this relationship form, and how do you make it productive where they're also seeing uh, an increase in living standards? So that's really complicated, obviously, and um, we have some awesome advisors, too, that have a lot of experience in international development and trade. So they helped us form this model, and and I think my experience with engineers.borders has a big influence on it too. So when we go to a community, first of all, we make it very clear what our role is. And our role isn't to come in and definitely not save the day, Um, but we're there as a business partner with the community. So that's, that's the first thing that we establish. The next thing that we talk about is what each group's commitment will be. So there's never a time where we come in and we offer 100% of the materials or the time or the effort. Um, We make sure that the community itself brings in a good amount of materials and resources and and their own time. That way they know that this is owned by them and we make that very clear. So ownership is a huge thing in what we do. And then past that, uh, we play to our strengths and we let other partners play to theirs. So we're never trying to play the role of a, a community builder there are other NGOs that are you know, good at that or, or have more experience with that. What we do is we teach people locally how to build our machines. We give them our manuals, and then they go and build them and get paid by other communities to do so. And then we help form women's cooperatives, and we just train them on how to meet the certifications. So there's a part after that that's called direct trade. So you might have heard of fair trade. Mm-hmm. Fair trade is the idea that you're going to pay above what a market price is for something, and then you also pay a fair trade premium which is a amount of money that just goes to the community in general in a sort of shared fund. Direct trade is a different concept, but in a lot of ways it's better. Direct trade means that you will buy a product at the point that it's ready, and you pay them right there. And you can pay them more, which we do, than, than what the market price is, but they get their money right away. In a lot of other supply chains, it can go through 5, 10, or 15 different hands by the time it's sold to somebody in, in America, And then if that retailer can't sell it for as much as they thought, they backtrack and they cut down the cost back, 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 back to the farmer. So the farmer has paid months after they delivered the product and less than they were promised. So with direct trade instead, what we're able to do is we're able to pay them up front right away. So outside the employees in the local villages, what are what's the employee structure here in the States? And what is what's your funding 
mechanism? Is it only from the sale of these fruits or do you have any outside funds coming in? Yeah, so we are, there's a core team of students, uh, myself, uh, Jack Turisak and Claire Friona, uh, both of them studying mechanical engineering. And then we have a larger team now that's spread all across the U.S. We have a co-founder in New York. We have a co-founder in uh, the Netherlands, one in Spain. And so we all work, you know, digitally and, and where we get our funding from. So <laughs> uh, fruit sales, hopefully yeah. soon, uh, <laughs> which is why we're launching our Kickstarter. So up until now, we've been able to fund what we're doing with awards that we've won, pitch competitions. We even have a crowdfunded loan through Kiva. Uh, but now we're at the point where we have the dehydrators, we've trained the cooperatives, we have the certifications we need, and we have the fruit dried. All we need to do is to ship it and package it. So now we're looking to sell online. So as of right now, can I get fruit from Blue Mangoes? Yeah. So uh, today um, we're actually launching our Kickstarter. So online. perfect question for the <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, so today we're launching our Kickstarter, and on there we have dried mangoes, papaya, guava, pineapple, coconut, and we even have uh, breadfruit flour, which is like a gluten-free alternative to uh, normal flour. It's made 100% of fruit. So yeah, we have our fruits available for sale. So when people are listening right now, and they're like, I want some dried fruit. How do and they've maybe heard of Kickstarter. What are they typing into their computer to get to that point? Yeah, kickstarter.com slash project slash blue mangoes. So I want to pivot to milwaukee now definitely this is a milwaukee based <laughs> podcast um what has this uh, experience with blue mangoes taught you about milwaukee has it changed your perspective on the city and, and maybe it has something to do with like food security here in the city mm -hmm. um, are there thoughts of taking these dehydrators to communities here in the states that uh, don't have uh, access to healthy foods yeah uh so we came to milwaukee uh Claire and I aren't from Wisconsin originally. Um, I'm definitely staying, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so when we came here, we were originally just a part of a project and we went through school, um, but we started to reach out past our university and found this amazing community of when it came to entrepreneurs, when it came to just people willing to help and give advice. Uh, all of our mentors are from Wisconsin and we got involved with something called the Commons. So it's a, it's a program that's made for college students to learn how to establish a business and go through everything from customer discovery to product design and, and validation. And so there's a lot behind it. And so that was our first step into the Milwaukee community outside of our school. And then we just launched into it. There's the uh, Small Business Development Council in Waukesha that's been advising us. And G-Beta, we went through this summer, which is an accelerator that's free um, to anyone who has a business idea. And you know, you apply for it. Uh, so we didn't get in the first time, uh, but we kept that in the second time we did. So um, there's been an awesome community here in Milwaukee. And then to your point on, uh, do we see making dehydrators here in Wisconsin? Mm -hmm. So our original prototypes are in Wisconsin and we've partnered with Will Allen uh, in the past to dry figs. Um, so obviously as his urban farm and so we've dried his figs. They taste amazing. Um, we're looking to dry more of the figs, and we're seeing what other ways we can integrate dehydrators here. Do you have any then kind of advice for young, uh, maybe students, but young entrepreneurs who are trying to create a business here in Milwaukee? Like, how should they go about doing that, coming from someone who has had an idea and kind of made it into a success? 
Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is for anyone who's interested, if especially if they're a student, go ask a business professor about what a business model canvas is, and you can just fill that out and figure out what you're doing. Um, but when you've done that and you kind of have an idea, the Commons is an amazing place to go just to start. Um, and they'll help teach you what it really means to go through the process of designing a business. After that, there's the Global Student Entrepreneur Award um, hosted by Entrepreneurs Organization Wisconsin, and that's purely for students uh, who have a business that they're operating. And then you can go past that. GBeta is an awesome accelerator to apply to when you're really starting out uh, and, and you have a business under you. And then the SBA, also the Small Business Administration. So what is the, I guess, if, if this Kickstarter goes well, what is the, ultimately the vision for the company? Where do you see Blue Mangoes in 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. So uh, we're already working on a few other things, but you know we've been focused on the fruit. So with a dried mango, we're only capturing about 40% of the weight when we slice it up and we dehydrate it. There's another 60% that we don't have a product for right now. So that's still, you know, we're reducing food waste, but not all of it. So the idea is to create products from every other part of the mango. So, and that's just one example for a fruit. So the the seed itself can be turned into a chicken feed or a component of it. The, the leftover pulp after you strain it, uh, that can be dried or jammed. Um, and then you have the concentrate leftover. You add water to that and it's sold locally as mango juice. So the idea is that we're trying to find market-based approaches that bring communities out of poverty by ending food waste. You mentioned a, an emphasis on, or an emphasis in the like the business model and the plan has to do with empowering young people. I think I saw on the mm-hmm. on the website, and but also women. Can you talk about you know the why behind that and and why is it important to empower and uplift women throughout the world? Yeah. So the base of the business model is built off of rural smallholders or farmers on a small amount of acreage. But that's just where the food waste comes from when it comes to who's actually using the dehydrators and making money from the entire process. We we're very intentional now about reaching out to women, forming women's cooperatives and, and also working with youth groups across the world. Uh, there's so much research out there and I'm by no means an expert or even novice on it, but I trust what they say, which is that money that goes to women in rural communities uh, typically helps out the family and goes to the family. And there's a bunch of statistics that show that when money goes to women, uh, the life expectancy of children increases, where when money goes to men, <laughs> it's actually spent on alcohol a lot of times. Mm. So while that's a stereotype that's not universally true, obviously, uh, it's something that we really focus on. Financial inclusion, financial literacy, those are things that a lot of different nonprofits are working on. So for us to be establishing a market-based approach to that, I think it's it's something that can actually you know really help to make a difference. So a big piece of Bridge City, the thing that makes us different is that we like to focus on action, and we want our listeners to leave every episode after listening with a tangible action step and how to get involved or how to you know make some positive change in their community. So whether it's getting involved with you all or like something you've learned that you want to like tell people that they should start doing more of. What is your action step to our listeners? Definitely. So if you're looking to start a business, just get out there. And there's a ton of organizations in Milwaukee that are ready to listen to your ideas, support you. Uh, Go to a hackathon. Uh, There's Entrepreneurship Week, Women's Entrepreneurship Week. Reach out to somebody at your school if you're a student. Um, G-Beta offers business hours or office hours that you're able to attend. 
when they're looking for applicants. So there's a ton of opportunities for your idea to be heard and for somebody to give you feedback. That's my first. And then the second is that for everyone who's an entrepreneur, there's also a lot of people who aren't. But those entrepreneurs are still looking for people to help them, give them feedback, uh, be their first supporters, help promote them online. So with anybody that you know, or even just joining the community and finding them, you know, find a way to support someone. And it sounds like you're too humble to say also visit the Kickstarter (laughs) and support if this is a company that you want to invest your your energy and money in. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Best of luck with everything. I appreciate how conscious you all are about, you know, the impact you're making on local communities, prioritizing women and young people throughout the world. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. So in some ways, this was a Bridge the City first. It was our first interview with a company doing work globally. Um, Of course, Blue Mangles is still a new small business and not a giant corporation by any means. But one concern that we had is how the company is intentional about empowering local communities in developing countries. You don't have to look far to hear of corporations exploiting the people and resources of developing countries or companies who intend to do good but unintentionally undermine local markets. Blue Mangles, however, trying to do things a little bit differently. Blue Mango's cooperative-based model empowers local residents to be the main beneficiaries of the fruit they produce. In addition, they didn't choose to go to countries that would make them the most money or would be the easiest to do business, but instead where they could have the greatest impact on the community. And lastly, their decision to leave their dehydrator open source so other communities can use the product and to prioritize women across the globe. It is clear that they are thinking differently about how to do business. Milwaukee is not often thought of as a place that fosters global entrepreneurship, but Josh and his team at Blue Mangles is hoping to change just that, and we're happy to see them succeed. I think the story of Blue Mangles highlights the entrepreneurial pipeline that is being developed in Milwaukee, particularly for young people. I hope Josh's story, even if you aren't interested in dried fruit or international business, serves as an inspiration and a blueprint for whatever business you are pursuing or thinking about pursuing. We've interviewed entrepreneurs from the MKE Misfits to Light the Hone to Deanna Singh. And they all have spoken about having a great idea but needing different connections in Milwaukee to help them succeed. Josh mentioned a few. These were Generator, G-Beta, The Commons, local business professors. And we at Bridge the City have also benefited greatly from some of these organizations, such as the 707 Hub at Marquette, Startup Week Milwaukee, and Milwaukee, to name a few. These organizations that are helping young entrepreneurs really hash out their business plan, get connected to the greater Milwaukee community, and help organizations succeed are vitally important for Milwaukee. So I really recommend for anyone listening who has an entrepreneurial spirit, go check out some of these organizations, get plugged into this pipeline and this entrepreneurial ecosystem to help grow your business and also help Milwaukee lift up its communities. Thanks to Josh Scheffner of Blue Mangoes for coming on the podcast to describe the origins of the business, their intentionality around women empowerment and lessening food waste, and the vision for the future. Remember that if you are interested in supporting our podcast, Bridget City, you can donate to our Patreon campaign. We have three tiers to donate to. The 414 level is what I mentioned in the introduction. Mm-hmm. It's a monthly commitment of just $4.14. Oh, that's, that's easy. 414. At this level, you will get the famed bridge the city sticker an exclusive personal thank you message from us wow me or kyle Amazing. or maybe or sam or ashley both? 
Might all come to your door. Us, who knows? And you will also be able to stay up to date on all the Bridges City events, like one we have upcoming with Milwaukee in May. We also have a level of $7 per month that gets you everything from the first tier, plus an original, never before been created, Bridges City print or poster. And if you really want to have a big impact on our work, please consider giving at the $10 level. You get everything I just mentioned and a Bridge the City shirt. We don't even have these shirts. Also, we want to mention one more time that Blue Mangoes is launching their first official Kickstarter. <laughs> That's the person you just heard from, Josh. Yeah. That's his company, if you missed that during the interview. <laughs> they have a Kickstarter. You can go and you can donate to their campaign and you can actually get some of this amazing dried fruit and some other perks. So that link is in the show notes, but if you go to kickstarter.com and search Blue Mangoes, their project will appear, uh, and please consider donating. Yeah, it would be really cool to see a local Milwaukee company kind of be put on the map to distribute mangoes and fruits around the world, yes. from around the world. Um, so as always, please rate and subscribe to the podcast, which helps other people find the podcast and start taking action in their community. Please reach out to us with any feedback to recommend guests or even suggest topics that we should cover. Also, check out our radio show every other Sunday, River West Radio 104.1. And thanks, as always, for helping us. Bridge the city. Bridge the city. Whoa, whoa.